Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we've got a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips that will help us to uh, refocus our business in a couple of areas. Also talking with Christina Sikiatis on our Minute on Innovation. Or is it called Transformation? We'll have a discussion about that. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants. Good afternoon, Tony. Good afternoon, Julian. And I think how... we were all a bit transformed last week into <laughs> amphibians. Yeah, we're all back to normal. Well, maybe we're not, because we're expecting some more wet weather, so that could have another impact, couldn't it? Some people are not back to weather, and all I can say is that I'm very glad that I don't own a chainsaw. I don't know how to operate one. I never mm. want to know how to use one, and, and luckily I don't have to use one to, to, to cut down trees. But I know a lot of people who, who do own one now. Well, my my big, big bug was the uh, trampolines flying around uh, they're very, da- a, they're very dangerous things. Yeah, there's a fantastic photo on social media. I think the Herald had it where a trampoline was actually caught on um, electricity-wise. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. Okay, so with all these challenges we've had in the last week or so, both business and uh, personally, um, there's been a lot of uh, confusion as to how people get paid for not t- turning up at work. Yeah, that's it. I thought we'd have a chat about that today. And from the outset, I've got to say that I'm not a I'm not a HR lawyer, and and um, but I, you know we get asked how <clears throat> how people how employers are supposed to treat that particular day and you know, under awards and how they actually process it through their their payroll program. And it's amazing in the in the week and two days since I've read um, conflicting you know black and white accounts from from lawyers. One that says one thing, another that says they're adamant that it's treated a different way. I've read. Advice from people from Fair Work, um, telling people, you know, tell, advising their clients how to how to treat that particular day, which is, in my humble opinion, it's um, it, it's actually wrong. They're, they're, you know, you read into these things what you want to read into. So, I guess we'll start <clears throat> with the, in the in Fair Work, in, the, in uh, a lot of the provisions, there's a there's a clause that covers employers' right to stand down employees. So. Let's start with this concept that the workplace isn't safe mm. and um, we can't get to work <clears throat> on this particular day, pardon me, and um, so the employer sends out a notice to all their employees somehow and says, look, don't come to work because the place is actually quite unsafe. So an employer has the right to stand out an employee without pay. And, and there's a, quite a few em- employers who've said, well, I don't really want to pay my staff, um, my permanent staff, by the way. Casuals don't get paid for that day if they don't work. Um, I don't want to pay my permanent staff on that day, so and why should I have to? Because they, they didn't actually work. And so there's that provision that gives them a bit of comfort to say, well, we can stand down employees. The problem that I have with that, when you look at that day, it wasn't just that the workplace was unsafe and that the employees, you know, shouldn't turn up. It was a natural disaster. You know, mm. Premier Mike Baird had, has declared that event as a natural disaster. And if you remember on that day, just about every school in the region was was closed. closed. And so parents couldn't take their kids to school. So Mm. there's an alternate argument that cropped up straight away, which was, well, hang on a minute, people had to stay home to care for their children and to care for their families. Aren't they, shouldn't they be allowed to access some leave? And this is the black and white that I've read from the lawyers where one lawyer virtually said, no, 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 the, the stand-down provisions override that. And then I read something which I think is the more common-sense approach where in those sort of events, employees are able to access their leave. And I think the correct, my, again, my personal humble opinion mm, mm. is that employees should have been able to access their their leave on that particular day and treat the day as, um, as sick leave. Now, 
going back the other way, if an employer wants to pay their staff for that day, that's fantastic and you can do that. But if they're trying to, you know, just do the absolute bare minimum, I... Um, I, I seem to think that <clears throat> I tend to think reading this sort of stuff that um, that they really should be able to take the day is either sick leave or annual leave or access their their, uh, their leave provisions to um to, to account for that particular day. Of course, there is a distinction there between the annual leave and the sick leave, wouldn't there? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Well, if someone doesn't have any sick leave, they might want to treat it as a as an annual leave day, and and um, yeah, and, and and again, access this is so that the whole idea, Julian, is so that they end up getting paid for that day. Because they've got bills to pay and whatnot. So. Well, and and he, he, even whatever the law says, you'd have thought that employers would have gone. Well, you know, these people have still got to feed their families and so forth. Uh, and, that, and look, that's know. the disappointing thing about it. You, you, you hope common sense kicks in, but as I say, you know, you read into these things what you want to read into it. And, and this is the next segue to, to the next part, which is in the building game, which which caught my eye. There's a definition of um, they call them colloquially um, wet weather days. Yeah, and there's a there's a clause in there that says that um, where an employer is not be able to perform because of inclement weather, the employer shall receive payment at the ordinary time. Okay, now inclement weather, and this is interesting for you, is defined as the existence of rain or abnormal climatic conditions, whether hail, extreme cold, high wind, severe dust storms, extreme temperature, where it's not reasonable or unsafe for employees to continue working in those conditions. Now. <laughs> The, the email that I read from a fair work officer said, if you're in the building trade, you need to treat Tuesday as a wet weather day. And I looked at it and I thought, <laughs> hang on a minute. Um, <clears throat> Tuesday was not a day of inclement weather. Tuesday was a natural disaster. That, you know, you didn't get people who turned up to work and there was a little hailstorm and, OK, boys, go home and I'll pay you for the rest of the, um, the day. It was a natural disaster. You, can, yeah. you couldn't have turned up in the first place. So, yeah. again, with respect, I, I don't believe that... That, um, that that's a, a correct interpretation, but, but again, it's, it's, I'll leave it up to the employers to uh, get like their own t- advice. Well, what about the, the situation where, uh, okay, the work, we've, we, we've talked about you know, the workplace is unsafe or you can't work there, but the uh, uh, employee can't get to work because of flooded roads and so forth? Well, actually, that happened to us. Our office, ironically, was working. Um, electricity, power, internet, phones, everything was actually working because I did a, I did a very silly thing that day and got in the car and, and, and drove in here and, and just to check it out. And you know those silly people who get caught <laughs> drive, driving through? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll put my hand up. I did a very silly thing but managed to get out the other, the other side, very close to the, to the university, actually. Um, yeah, well, that's another reverse situation where, OK, I'm, I'm the employer, I'm, I'm sitting here, yep, you can all come to work, but then all of a sudden they can't turn up to work. So um, unless they can find a way to work from home, which during a natural disaster event, if you've got no power and no internet, mm. um, that, that might be a bit problematic in itself. And again, you go back to the common sense approach, which is, um, you either, you know, it's a, it's a day without pay or they access their leave provisions. Leave, and it's, yeah. um, it may as well, again, it, you know, if their kids were able to get off to school, then it might have to be an annual leave day. But if they had to stay at home and because they were flooded in, as you said, and they've got to care for their family, then it's a, then it's a sick leave day. Yeah, great. So, well, yeah, so that there, I, I think, I, I hope... Um, common sense prevails. We don't see too many court cases soon with, with employ, employees um, taking employers to court for this particular day. Well, thanks for sharing your research with us anyway. And uh, yeah. next month uh, we should really have a look at the uh, super stream because Superstream, that's coming yeah, in that's effect in 1st of July. Yeah. Yep. All sure. right. Okay. Thank you. Have a good month. We'll talk to you have then. A dry, have a dry week. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Tony Vidray there with um, how well, how do we handle pay? And uh, obviously a lot of confusion. Uh, I'm sure it'll all sort itself out. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's 23 minutes past one. Time to pop over to Christina Sikiotis for a discussion on innovation or is it transformation? Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. Very interesting, isn't it? The terminology that we use and how it makes us feel. So what is it? Innovation or transformation? Well, aren't they they the same thing? But isn't transformation something that that most people potentially can identify as being a little more tangible? So the word innovation in its true sense means change. So change, being useful, something new, something new that's useful. Transformation is actually a really... Um, nice way of, I guess, easing into what that is because you're simply transforming something that already exists into something into something else um, that is suitable to your organisation. And um, I was doing some reading about the, the small, how easy it is for smaller companies or how much easier, not necessarily easy, but how much easier it is for small companies um, because of that agility and speed that innovation and transformation requires uh, and small companies are in a much better position to do that because, thank goodness, there's no, there's none of the bureaucracy, bureaucracy and, and everything else that's there that's with the big organisations. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I go back to that phrase, uh, "Arose by other name was any other name was smell as sweet." It, smell it, does it really matter? Correct. As long as we're no, innovating or doing something that changes that gets results, that's good, isn't it? So absolutely, you're absolutely right. Which brings us to um, an interesting. Um, way that people are looking at products these days and there's a whole new attachment, I guess, of apps to products. And mm. I was doing some reading around um, Philips have a new, what they're calling a, a Philips connected cooker. And the idea with this is that you control your cooker through apps on your phone. So there's, a, there's an embedded modem in the cooker itself and Philips has asked developer communities to, to create cooking-related apps. And so you can control when you're going to... You can turn the cooker on basically from the workplace. Before you leave home, you can turn your cooker on, have everything ready, turn it on. Um, part of the app process is that people can share recipes throughout um, throughout this this um, app that they're, that they're creating. So obviously they want to monetise it. They're, they're coming up with ways to monetise it, sell ads, community pages, all that kind of thing. But the whole idea around the app is that they are useful. Mm. So how useful is it if, as a, as a working parent... Um, you can turn the food on at 4 o'clock. So by the time you get home, it's 5.30 or 6 o'clock or whatever. Dinner's almost ready, yeah. So very useful. And, you know, they're they're doing the same with... I was reading about an app the other day that's going to be able to turn on any device in your house. So lights, air conditioning, open the garage door, all that kind of thing. Some of them already exist. Um, But but they're they're working on an app that will have multiple control over your devices um, in the household. So we're just... Things that will be useful... Um, and that are useful to make our lives that little bit easier. And, of course, you can even make phone calls on those phones as well. Absolutely. Isn't that, isn't that remarkable? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, something like 200 apps being uploaded every minute of the day. Um, incredible, isn't that's it? That's new apps. And, uh, mm. you know, it's uh, I've got, because my internet's out at the moment, I've got 40 apps that require updating at the moment. So, <laughs> um, but... Uh, and yeah, there's that, there's that agility and that leanness, and and how quickly things do change, isn't that? That's a perfect example of how fast things are changing. But but if we get too reliant on all of this, uh, we've seen the experience this week with uh, loss of power, loss of uh, uh, internet, 
uh, people are running around saying, what do we do? That's right. And I, I think I've, I said to you when we had a chat before, um, there was one, one afternoon last week, there was not one free PowerPoint. We were very fortunate um, where I live, we didn't lose power at all, or we lost it for six hours overnight sort of thing. Um, but there was one afternoon where I went around and every PowerPoint in my house had a, had a device plugged in charging because all my other extended family members had lost power so we were the we were the recharge unit it's a wonder the whole house didn't light up but very true wouldn't it be um remarkable if in in a couple of years time we were actually innovating how to do deal without all these things how to innovate our life and do without them well of course solar power is probably one of those innovations that will come along a bit bit faster i hope uh, as a result of that loss of power but uh, we'll see what happens yeah, and I think once they once they figure out how not to put it on roofs, because a lot of people had trouble, trouble losing the power. It. Yeah. yeah, they lost the power because of the roofs. The the, the, the units actually came off. Roofs yeah. came off. Roofs leaked. Things like that. So potentially, I mean, there's remarkable potential in um, in solar power, and I think the sooner we harness that, the better as far as electricity goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time, and uh, we'll have a chat again next week. We shall. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Christina Sikiage is there with a quick thought on innovation. And of course, uh, different words, do they really mean anything different? It's still getting a good result. Well, the last little part of our program, have a look at a few of the Harvard Business Review tips. And we've just been talking about innovation. And this one's prime your team for creative thinking. Innovative thinking is fueled when a wide range of talents, skills and traits come together. If you want to enhance the creative potential of your team, Develop the diversity of their skills. And here's a few ways to get started. First of all, build expertise. Send your team to professional conferences or arrange training sessions to help them gain new skills. Secondly, take field trips. Arrange a site site visit to a customer or even to a competitor. Or observe best practices in an unfamiliar industry. For example, an airline hoping to improve customer service might visit a clothing retailer known for its excellence in that area. Thirdly, host creative events. Bring in outside speakers to give talks on, on or workshops. And finally, seek additional resources. Gather your team to watch and discuss a TED talk or form an ad hoc reading club to discuss books and articles of interest. So some very interesting little tips there on on building innovative teams and certainly those uh, things do work. I've used many of them in the past. And how about this one? Sharing doubts uh, doubts up front helps persuade others. If you want to persuade an audience, you need to show them that you're trustworthy. In ambiguous or controversial situations, many people think it's best to sweep sweep small doubts or uncertainties about their message under the rug. But evidence suggests that signalling these doubts immediately before delivering your argument can actually help establish trust. The key is sequencing. Start with a small weakness or drawback and then use the word but before delivering your main message. A doctor who says... No vaccine in the world is without the occasional adverse effect, but this vaccine is extremely safe and has been used to protect millions of children, strengthens her trustworthiness and credibility. This message would feel different if the weakness followed rather than preceded her main point. So it's interesting ways of getting through some of those doubts that people might have. So we, I thank you very much for listening to me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, 
the uh, natural emergency we had last week and how do we handle pace situations, which is still a little bit challenging, it looks like, and uh, some innovative ideas there. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll have a talk to Cathy Johnson from Markey Insurance about corporate travel. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina Sikiatis and we'll look at some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as George Eliot once said, it's never too late to be who you might have been.